Warning, this podcast involves discussions of a spooky and graphic nature not suitable for children or the faint of heart. Strong language and mature content is present. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. When you want to hear about the paranormal, you get the spooked girls. True crime that makes you hypothermal with the three spooked girls. Stabby snippets will give you dreams. Tara and Jessica will make you. We on that haunted ground The three spooked girls Hey Spooksters and welcome back to another episode here on Three Spooked Girls. My name is Tara and as always I am joined with my ghoul friend Jessica. Hello. Hello, and today we are bringing you another patron select. This episode is dedicated to our patron, James, and he has chosen a paranormal topic. I am so excited that it was my turn. So yeah, and y'all or most of y'all know that haunted, possessed objects, cursed objects are my jam, hence how Haunted Grounds exists. (laughs) So super pumped when I saw the message come in that this is what he wanted us to cover. Now, the crying boy painting. So obviously it kind of goes without saying at this point, but like most cursed objects, lures, there's tons of variations and backstories and all of that on these kind of things because these are told by word of mouth. Kind of compiled what I found. So let's get into it. So the painting itself was done by artist Giovanni Bragolin. I'm saying that totally wrong. Sorry. AKA Bruno Armadio. And most sources said he was from Spain, but there was a few stating he was from Italy as well. He had been doing a series of paintings with crying children, which I'm like, that's odd, but okay. I know nothing about art, so maybe I'm just dumb. (laughs) There was also another artist kind of around this time. Her name was Anna Zinkison, or Zinkison, who also did an art series on crying children, but her main subjects were little girls. But Bruno, as I'll call him during this, he said that his series was meant to remind the public of those children who were orphaned during World War II. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Now, the subject of the painting is where we kind of start hearing some of these different stories and whatnot. Some sources said that the child of the crying boy painting is either Don Bolio or George Mallory. And I honestly, when I was reading about this, leaned towards the Spain origin because it was said that this is where the boy was located. And his story is that he was orphaned after his parents both died in a house fire. Yeah, and it was said that he was placed into like a church type of orphanage and Bruno was looking to adopt a child, came across him, wanted to adopt him. But apparently the priest who was in charge or that he talked to actually tried to discourage 
discourage him from adopting this child because many of the locals believed that he somehow had started the house fire that had killed his parents and there had actually been other fire instances with him around as well. So horrible enough, the adults had a nickname for this child. They called him Diablo. Oh no. Yeah, fucked up. But Bruno didn't let this deter him. He decided to adopt the young boy, and in turn, he became one of his subjects, hence the painting we're talking about today. So shortly after the painting was complete, Bruno's art gallery would catch on fire and burn down. Bruno. (laughs) Yeah, I know. But the painting survived. That's a theme we'll come to learn about. Now, sadly, the young boy would just either up and disappear or die after this. Oh. Some, and this is really dark. So some sources said that the artist actually abused him and he died due to an assault, like a sexual assault. Oh, no. Yeah. Others say that he died in a fiery car accident. And then there's also a version that's supposedly, according to the artist, that he had just, quote, ran away. So with him saying the whole running away thing, that makes me think maybe there was some kind of abuse going on, you know, and he was trying to cover it up and he did die. Like, we don't know. Well, Bruno started selling these paintings and he'd done the original and then he also produced a bunch of prints of it during the 40s and 50s. And they became like the hottest new thing for some reason. Apparently, all across England, it was said that 50,000 of these were sold. Damn. That's a lot. That's a lot. I know. Like, what the hell? (laughs) And apparently, this was really popular to purchase with young couples. So I don't know if that's just because young people are like hip and into art <laughs> trends. I don't know, but that's just what it said. <laughs> I don't know. When you when you said that, it just reminded me of the Gilmore Girls episode where like Richard and Emily by Lorelai oh, and Chris, the wolf girl painting. Every young couple <laughs> needs to start an art collection. It's the hip thing. And I was like, that's not hip anywhere. That's just Emily being Emily. Right? Oh gosh. And once these prints slash paintings started to spread their way around England and whatnot, weird things started to happen. Some more. So I'm mentioned the art gallery burning down, but there actually would be more fires. The first that kind of caught attention was one in September of 1984, and this occurred in the home of Roy and May Hall. And it was said that a frying pan just burst into flames and the whole house was burned down, except the painting. No. Yeah, it was completely fine. No damage at all. Nothing. And so obviously this story caught attention of hella people. It was published about numerous times in the sun. And it was said to start this type of, quote, hysteria all around the curse in this painting. Now, the Halls weren't the only ones who had a house fire that had this painting. There's a record of over 50 others who all had the painting and all had house fires. Interesting enough, Roy's brother, his name is Peter, he was a firefighter in the area and he said it was the same thing every time. Everything was burnt to the ground, but the painting was totally fine. It's crazy. Right? So this started the thought that the painting and its prints were all cursed. Many believed that the spirits of the little boy, the subject of the painting, was attached to them all and causing these fires to occur. Because then if you go in like the weird rabbit hole, there was like one story where they called him Diablo because they thought 
essentially he could start fires telepathically or some shit. I was like, that's too much. Goodbye. But, you know, here we are. (laughs) But to play the other side of all of this, apparently another firefighter named Alan Wilkinson looked at these cases and he said that they were all due to the tenants essentially being careless because there was like cigarettes, the frying pans, candles, you know, et cetera, et cetera, which, okay, fair. But it is a weird coincidence that they all had the painting and then the painting was fine, you know. But if they really sold 50,000 of them, I mean, it sounds like almost everybody had them. So it wasn't too uncommon to have. Now, as the story got out more, some more people came forward to tell their experiences with the painting. Some claimed that it was responsible for the death of family members and others said that they couldn't set it on fire when they tried to, which Alan looked at that too. And he said it appeared that the paintings he looked at, they had like a fire retardant on them, which would make sense. I was just about to say that. Like, what Mm -hmm. if it had been like fire treated? Like, of course, then it wouldn't burn. Right. And interesting, though, I mentioned Anna, the other artist, painted a similar series. And apparently there's stories about hers being cursed as well. So I was just like, that's interesting because if they chose subjects who had been through trauma and tragedy, it's likely they could have like those subjects could have attached themselves to paintings. True. These paintings in the afterlife. Like it is something to think about. It's very possible. Then one day, while the son was reporting on these cursed paintings, they actually offered all of these owners to send them in, and they said they would dispose of them for these people. They would get rid of them. They would actually end up getting over 2,500 paintings mailed to them. (laughs) Oh my god, that's so many. (laughs) I know. And then a Halloween, because, you know, gotta be dramatic and do it on a spooky holiday, the employees of the sun created, like, a mass fire pit and burned them all. Now, apparently there's still copies floating around today, and apparently you can get one for, like, 165, but I'm like, no, thanks. I don't want my house to be set on fire. So I'm okay. It's a really good gift to give your enemies. Um, Yeah, true, true. I'm kidding, guys. Please, please don't buy these and mail them to people. (laughs) Yeah, no. And apparently in the early 2000s, there was like a fan club online, essentially like a little forum, and they would talk about the paintings and all the stories and stuff. So I was like, that's cool, but it disbanded like in 2002 or so. So, sorry. Wasn't that long-lived. And then in more recent times, an owner of one of the paintings, one of the prints, you know, whatever, brought it to, you guessed it, Zach Bagans. (gasps) Yay! (laughs) So I'm gonna talk about that a little bit. I talk about his artifact series a lot during Haunted Grounds every so often, and you know I had to check. And actually, the one I did for April Haunted Grounds was Ed Gein's Cauldron. This painting's on that same episode. So I was like, that's weird. Oh, that's nice. (laughs) Yes. So if you have Hulu, I listed what episode and stuff it is on there for you guys. Well, okay. So for those that don't know the format, basically whoever owns a haunted or possessed item, what have you, they bring it to Zach, they get interviewed, and then they usually, he usually buys it or keeps it, whatever. (laughs) It's really sad when people are like, no, I want, I want to keep this. And he's like, but I want it. Right. (laughs) So the lady who brought the painting, her name is Tina Booth, and she says that she's a vintage goods dealer and she had purchased not only one, but two of these. And she said, yes, she knew the story, but she still sought after these paintings because she knew people were interested in buying them. So she had bought the first one and she was working in her office in her home, getting it uploaded, you know, typing up everything, the listing, what have you. And she said, basically, she was thinking 
thinking about it and being like, I don't get the hype. I don't get why people want this shit. It's not even that great of a painting, et cetera, et cetera. And then all of a sudden, she hears this loud thud coming from upstairs. Oh, it's mad. Mm -hmm. And her bedroom is above her office. So she goes up and she starts smelling smoke. She opens the door. Turns out her and her daughter's cats had been pouncing on the door to get out because it's just like all the smoke in the room. Poor cats. Oh, I can't eat. Right? Like, what the fuck, man? Well, basically, the whole room was set on fire. I will point out, because Jess, I know you're a stickler about this kind of thing because of your father-in-law. She had said that earlier in the day. She lit a bunch of tea lights in her room and just left them there. She's an idiot. Well, you know. Which also, I'm like, okay, there's also cats. Cats like to climb and they'll knock off whatever. They don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Cats can be assholes. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So I was like, "Mm, shouldn't have done that. Well, apparently this didn't make her skittish because like I said, she had two copies of this. She bought the second one after this. And I'm just like, why do people do this shit? Jesus. But you know, what else? Anyway, after the second one, she was listing it and all of that. And she was still thinking the same shit again. I'm like, dude, I would not be thinking anything. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. (laughs) This painting doesn't like when you talk shit about it. Shut up. And she said her fucking desktop Mac computer literally started smoking and exploded. They don't do that. No. And so he was like, so that means it definitely, you know, did not like you talking shit, right? (laughs) She's like, no. Because like basically her and her daughter were skeptics with paranormal stuff. So the first one she probably chalked up to like her cat and stuff you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but they interviewed her daughter too and she was just like yeah i never believed in this stuff but like there was just this heavy feeling in the whole house when this happened and just very negative and all of this and zach's like well do you want your mom to bring these back home and she's like no i want these gone and then same thing with tina too it would so suck if the mom was like no i want to take him home and the daughter's like (laughs) you trying to murder me lady right and that's the thing i don't know if she took both of them to zach of course, they they only showed like one, you know, because they like with these cursed objects, they set them up and stuff in the interview room they're in and whatnot. And there was like candles around and Zach's like, it's like Zach was freaked the fuck out. I was like kind of laughing. So I was like, wow, this is weird because it wasn't his normal dramatic like, uh, bro. Uh. He was like, whoever. I can't remember the dude's name, Billy or whatever. He was like, watch these security cameras. And if you see a flame that's not supposed to be there or a candle flame gets bigger or there's smoke, we need to flip that switch and get everything everybody the fuck out of here. <laughs> I was like, yes. I'm like, oh my God. But obviously his museum didn't burn down because we would have heard about it. <laughs> it's true. Oh God. But anyway, so basically they're like, they're wrapping up and they're talking about it. And he's like, so what do you want to do with this? Do you want to get rid of it? What have you? Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, yeah, I'm not going back to England with this. I'm not. It's staying here. And he was like, uh, I don't really want it. <laughs> Like, he actually said he did not want this thing. He's like, um, no, maybe you should just take it. And she was like, fuck no, this is your problem now. Bye, pretty much. (laughs) Just like walks out. Pretty much. Like, yeah, she was just like, nope, you're keeping it. And he was like, okay. Like, he did not look really thrilled about having it, but he did. So it's at Zach's museum now. (laughs) He's like, uh, do we have an offsite facility that's fireproof that I could just store this in forever? 
Right? Never legit. Look at it. Legit. Oh my gosh. So who knows? Who knows where he's storing it exactly? But I know some of our listeners, y'all have been to the museum. So if you've seen this on your tours and whatnot, let us know. That'd be cool to find out about. But that's gonna wrap us up for the Crying Boy painting. I hope you guys enjoyed. James, thank you so much for not only supporting the show, but for suggesting this spooky fun topic to us. If you would like your own dedicated episode or to support the show, you can head to Patreon dot com backslash three spooked girls our spookster club select perk starts at our ten dollar tier we have mugs stickers swag virtual swag all kinds of fun stuff so definitely check it out and we will see you on monday bye bye Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser-known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out. And we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now.